welcome into another edition of The Max. It's, as always, Maggie Davis, Jack Pilgrim, Zach Gagan. Today, we are truly repping the brand because last week we realized that Jack Pilgrim wears the same outfit every week, so Zach and I decided to have a little bit of fun. And, of course, Jack couldn't handle the heat. We roasted him too hard. So he's no longer repping, but we still are. Don't worry. Jackman, what happened? Where's your shirt? I thought you only had one shirt for media opportunities. Where is it? You guys made fun of me too much, and I got sick and tired of it, so I decided to take my ball and go home and wear my own clothes this time. Wow. Bullying does work. Bullying works. <laughs> That's what happened. So guess what? You get me in a red Patriot shirt. Enjoy that. And whatever is on your head as well. And, and what? That thing what? on his head as well. My, yeah, I, don't know, I don't know what's going on there, but we should say we are on the edge of our seats, obviously sitting on pins and needles trying to understand how SportsCenter doesn't know how to go live on Instagram waiting for this Kennedy Chandler announcement. And we started this recording about 17 minutes ago thinking that we would know by now where this guy is officially going to school. We thought he would have had time to jump on and make a quick announcement and tell everyone where he's going, but they can't figure out an Instagram live feature. <laughs> There's no they. There's no they. This is Paul Biancardi learning technology for the first time. I cannot believe they didn't do a test run with this. They are on attempt four now. Actually, he just ended attempt four. We're on attempt five of him starting a live broadcast, staring into the screen, not knowing what's going on with random celebrities like John Moran in the comments saying, dude, what are you doing? And him just going, I don't see anything on my screen. I don't see anything on my screen. And I mean, uh, there are thousands of people tuned in. The last time he was on, there were over 6,000 people watching Paul Biancardi awkwardly smile at the screen by himself. And the noise he's making is just tapping the screen over and over again. Like, he's just trying to, like, will it to work by touching his screen. And that's not how Instagram works. He is that old guy, just just unplug it and plug it back in mentality that if he keeps doing, you know, 16 lives, that one of the times is going to work to have this uh, request be accepted. But... Whatever they're doing right now is being failed miserably. I can't believe they didn't do a test run with some social media intern or whatever. At this point, just let Kennedy Chandler go on his own Instagram and just commit by himself because it's very apparent that Paul Biancardi doesn't know what he's doing. Great guy. You know, he's been in the basketball business forever. But in terms of updated social media presence and, uh, you know, trying to do new hip things, it's, it's just not working for him. How, right old, how old would you guess Paul is? Uh, oh, I don't know. Probably 55, maybe. Too old. Small, you know, solid 55 probably. running Sports Center's Instagram Live. <laughs> the best part is that he keeps saying it's technical difficulties, and we've all said it. We're like, these are not technical difficulties. This is just user error. You're just doing it wrong. Yeah, this is just fun. So we're going to – we were going to wait until afterward to start the show, but because it's taking so long, we're like, screw it. It might be more – it might be funnier for us to just – like do a live play-by-play of Paul Biancardi doing this. That might make the whole show. Forget our, our previously announced topics. We're going to just do a whole live breakdown of Paul Biancardi trying to get a Kennedy Chandler commitment video. What's the right. Step? So mm-hmm. as soon as the Sports Center Instagram is back up and running with some sort of information, we can get back to it. But we also, of course, wanted to touch on today a lot of things, starting with college football and all of the crazy news that's been going down over the past week or so since our last episode and. This week's episode for us is coming out a little bit later just because it was hard for us to find time for all three of us to get together, but also because there's been 
so much news and so much is changing so quickly that I feel like if we had recorded this a couple of days ago, we might've had a totally different take on everything that was going down. So I'm actually kind of glad we're recording this on a Friday. We've had a full week to sort of digest this news, especially with the big 10, the pac 12. And do we have Instagram live up and running again? We have Kennedy Chandler starting his own Instagram live. Ooh, now approaching 2000. Okay, okay. He has a full, he has a full, like hat ceremony he has five hats on the table let's do let's do a little breakdown here north carolina the far left hat duke left center tennessee smack dab in the middle that's telling very telling kentucky right to the right of it you know it's technically the seat right in front of him uh and then memphis in the far left or i guess far right on our, our on our end you might be able to see if you are watching this you can you know you can see the hat display right oh we got paul oh yeah all right paul okay all right, let's do this. He, I, we, he's going to end up at Tennessee. I'm, I'm 99.9% certain. I just want to see. What's it been like the last few months with the virtual? Oh, now we're going to have a whole. Oh, man. Oh. Just put the stupid hat on. It's just, we, You're we, already we, 22 we, minutes late. I hate these announcements. I'm sorry. They all take way too long. We all usually know where they're going already. Although this is, it's only been like 30 seconds really but. No, but it's been 22 <laughs> minutes of everyone waiting yeah it should have been long over we got paolo bencaro in the comments we got john morant in the comments we got mark williams duke signee it's a load of slam high school sports we, i mean it's it's a load of broadcast because this one has more views than the sports center one <laughs> 100 it's working it's working bryce hopkins who is very uh getting we, we could also talk about him kentucky's getting packed you know getting spiked interest over the last couple days recent contact that's big oh talking about whose game they're studying and all that good stuff all right we'll 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 watch the we'll watch the hat ceremony when that time comes but let's keep going with what our what we were previously talking about because i'm sure the listeners this is just great radio great podcast i bet yeah Yeah, just us watching something on instagram (laughs) yeah this is awesome for those for those that are still tuned in let's continue Let's continue with some college football talk. What has it been like for you all the past couple of days seeing all of this college football news come out and and trying to come to terms with the leagues that have already canceled and then sort of the anticipation of are these other leagues, including the SEC, going to have to make the same decision or are we going to see them go in a different direction? Because for me, I feel like it has just been a roller coaster of a week trying to decide and, and trying to sort of come to terms with whatever was going to happen to college football this season. What has it been like for you all? Have you ever seen, you know, the, remember the office episode where uh, um, Michael gets three vasectomies? That's what this is. Just tell me what's going to happen. I don't care at this point what the final decision is. I just need to know what I need to plan for. Do I need to, you know, plan another four months by myself in my apartment? Or do I need to figure out a way to, you know, cover college football? You know, I, I just need I need some, you know, just for planning and just for my own sanity. I just need to know what the heck is going on. Um, and I think we're starting to we're starting to get a little bit more clarity. I think with, you know, it kind of seems like they're, you know, Smackdown divided with the big Big Ten and Pac-12 being the two that are going, no, we're, we're postponing to the spring. And then, obviously, um, the SEC, ACC, and Big 12 kind of saying we're going to keep moving forward and we'll we'll see how it goes from there. So, I'm. it seems like we're going to get some semblance of a college, ba- a college football season. We just don't know how or, you know, what the method is, but it seems like they're going to um, still approach it as if, as if uh, the season's going. 
I like that uh, office reference there. It's almost you could almost say that uh, the Jan is like the coronavirus in that situation, you know. Honestly, that's kind of like her character throughout the whole show. She plays just like a virus. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Oh, we, we're getting a commitment. Are we ready? Yes. All right. He's reaching down. Reaching for the hat. Into a bag. What's he doing? Why is he not just Tennessee? Playing? He's he's a volunteer. We're gonna have to hate him for the next two, three, four years, however long he's. Oh, in. the shirts. See, Vol Nation. All of them had Vol Nation on the back. Man, look at that. All right. Well, oh, heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. That was a fun twenty-five minutes, but I feel like we can um, turn off the Instagram live now. We're good. We're good. All right. We're not Tennessee. So that was a lot of suspense for me. <laughs> good. It was worth worth every second. Obviously. And every uh, Instagram live attempt. All right. It really wasn't. Back to take. I'm glad that Kennedy figured it out, though. Finally, a real, you know, someone that understands social media. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm, you all know me. I came in kind of as a pessimist from the start about the whole season, going to have it or not. Even though the NBA bubble's still been working, I'm, I'm always, you know, in the back of my head, you got to keep that possibility open that things might just crumble in the, sec or in the blink of an eye. And that's kind of what has happened here with college football. Uh, poor Maggie was the, the text I received from Maggie that day where you'd, you would have thought that it was more serious than just no football or something like that. So I'm, I'm trying to keep myself calm, cool, and collected because I still don't see how the SEC and uh, the ACC can end up having a season without the other two big conferences or three. Power, power three, baby. Power, three, power five. Okay. We got power three. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I agree with you at this point. Like, I, I, I don't even know what I think anymore because it's like I can truly see it going either way. Like, I'm glad that they didn't make these decisions, like, just because one conference decided it was one big roll of bad news in one day. I mean, I, I do think the SEC and, – and I don't know when the other conferences were scheduled to all start, but the SEC has over a month before the first game, and they've been practicing. They've been weightlifting, conditioning, all that stuff. At least in the SEC, they've been testing. We haven't seen any teams really have these huge outbreaks to be really concerned about. And I know you don't want to have to wait for that to happen and, and sort of react versus just protect from the start. Obviously, that, from their perspective, is probably where they're coming from. But to me, I just – I don't know what changed. And I know a lot of people have sort of had this take already. But I don't know what changed within those couple of days between these schools announcing their schedules and, and posting all the – the season's potential matchups or whatever, and then one to three days later calling off the whole season. And so for me, we haven't seen any drastic changes like that in the SEC. So I'm glad that, that Greg Sankey and the rest of his sort of department and, and whoever is, is working on this decision can figure this out and, and give it the time it needs. Sorry, I'm going to put my computer on. Do not disturb. That was really loud. <laughs> yeah. I, even I think that heart issue that has kind of come out and I think I think it was in the Big Ten's report that they were the ones that they kind of found that there's a long-term kind of health issue that was found in I believe five Big Ten players um, but so that I mean that would make total total sense on on their part if they said all right well obviously the way we're going about this right now is not going to work we need to at least give us some time so I would totally understand postponing it at the very minimum to like September 26 like they like the SEC had already done, um, you know, even push it back into October, whatever they needed to do to just kind of just put things on pause and say, all right, well, let's let's go back to the drawing board and figure it out. But you look at the Pac-12, who seems like they're just, you know, following it, the, you know, 
following in the footsteps of whatever the Big Ten's doing. Um, the Pac-12 released their own little breakdown of why they're doing that, and they didn't even t- – touch on that i can't even remember what that health issue is off the top of my head the name of it um they didn't even bring that specific you know heart issue up they were just saying just in general there's some there's some medical um you know issues and we're trying to navigate through those and and want to make the smartest decisions safest safest decision for everybody so it kind of seemed like they both kind of countered off of one another and said, well, we, we just got to make a, a quick decision. Let's just screw it. Let's just postpone to the spring. It seemed like they just kind of rushed to make a, you know, a quick, you know, PR decision as opposed to just thinking what, okay, what would it even be safer to have two college football seasons in one academic year? Like, is that even, you know, to have two full seasons and within 10 months of each other, like how is that any safer physically on the body than, you know, whatever, else you know i don't know there's just so Isn't much there a crazy so- coincidence about that though what it's crazy those two conferences had players with demands who yeah. wanted to that's need. also true that's, that's a crazy true. coincidence maybe they just wow one day they woke up and they realized they didn't want to pay their players or really hold themselves accountable at all for for these things that their players were asking for and wow what do you know and a few days later the whole season's been postponed to the spring which I think we've heard from several coaches and administrators is just truly not a viable option I can't imagine especially if the SEC etc plays in the fall to have other conferences then play in the spring makes no sense to me and that's why I think that the SEC Big 12 and ACC are doing whatever they can to just kind of make it work even if they have to do like a makeshift bubble or you know kind of a last second do something different than what they originally planned, but still try to just find a way to make it work. Because I think the general consensus is if it gets postponed to the spring and all five power five conferences get postponed to the spring, that, that we're just not, not going to have a college football season because by then we don't know how bad, you know, things could get even worse than what they are right now where there would be no other option, but to cancel the season. And then at that point, then you're playing two full seasons in the same year. Like, that's not even remotely safe for these kids either. So I think they're just going through all the options that they possibly can. That's why they postponed. I mean, we're still, you know, I'm trying to do the math a month and 12 days away from the college football season starting right now. So we still have time to just kind of go back to the drawing board and come up with something, you know, some makeshift season shoot, even if you have to knock it down to eight games or whatever you have to do. I mean, there's still a way to make it happen there's still time. I, I just didn't agree with how quick they made that decision. I think it's something that they just, you know, they need to think this through um, on either end, whether they do ultimately decide to go to the spring or stay here. I mean, it's just, you got to think a whole lot harder than just uh, screw it. Let's just cancel. See, they, I don't think they've, I don't think they've even considered a plan or of if they've, you know, they still have, they have the, the month and 12 days, like you said, but what has shown us in the last four months that they know what they're doing in the last month or in the next exactly. month. So what's happened over the last four months has been the colleges teetering on, or the schools and power conferences teetering on the edge of knowing that the season is always one slip up away from being canceled. And they haven't really made any progressive steps to go the opposite way of that. So I don't think the, the PAC 12 and big 10 canceling was like a PR. I think it was them coming down to the last second and finally being like, look, we've, we've, known from the beginning that we're we're gonna be able to do this. We're here now, we know we're not gonna be able to do this now. There's nothing that tells us in the next month that anything within college football or America in general is going to be any better. In all reality, it's probably going to be worse in a month and 12 days than it is right now in terms of 
the virus impact and everything. And I mean, football, it's just, I don't know logistically how you can do a bubble with that. And I don't even, I definitely don't know how you can manage to do that in the next 40 days. Right. As far as, as far as trying to do it in the spring, you know, obviously like you can't have two, you can't have a summer or a spring and a fall football season unless you wanted to start doing spring forever, just start doing spring or players union. Yeah. Yeah. And it's all going to, I think it's all going to eventually come down to that type of stuff. Uh, once we kind of navigate our way through all of this, if we somehow do, it's going to come down to players being like, we're not going to start doing any of this stuff unless you pay us. And, you know, you probably, you're probably right about the, like, it's not a coincidence that the players were making demands and yeah. those, those conferences started to wise up. So if, if that voice continues to get larger as it has in the last few days, I, you're not going to see the SEC and ACC follow, follow suit. My biggest issue with it is this past week there was a report that you know that the Big Ten had that that last second call on Monday night or Tuesday night I think whatever the, whatever the night before them officially postponing the spring where their emergency meeting that one the the night before it was canceled it was not postponed it was canceled and there were reports coming out of it that the Big Ten hadn't even thought of the possibility of playing in the spring for the four months leading up to this point they had been just assuming that fall was going to work and then when they realized that fall just simply wasn't going to go they said well screw it cancel it we're done they didn't even think back in March okay this might be something we need to consider postponing pushing things back all right okay let's scrap the fall this is obviously not going to work right now what can we do right now to make sure that a a spring season or even a January 1st season it doesn't have it can be the you know a winter season on you know where if they play inside you know domes where it could be heated you know I don't I don't know what what the case is but they had all this time leading up to it to say, okay, let's have a contingency plan in place. Let's look ahead to the spring. How can we make this happen safely and responsibly? And it, I mean, it's very apparent. We heard in the, you know, after this emergency meeting that they didn't even consider this possibility. They were coming into this to cancel, not to postpone. And that's what I had a big problem with. They didn't even have a backup plan in place. But I think they could have also had a contingency plan in place if we had known what we know now months ago, but I mean, I'm guilty of it too. In March when this all happened, I didn't know how long this was going to go on. I mean, I, I thought maybe by the end of summer, like at the latest, it would be back to normal. I certainly didn't think we would be dealing with this into 2021, you know, when, when all of this first started really blowing up in, in the United States in like mid-March. So I understand that like maybe in April, they weren't looking ahead to, to a potential college football season. And so they didn't have the time to say, what are we going to need? What's the organization that we need to put behind this? Who's in charge of making these decisions? And I mean, at least in my opinion, I felt like they were just sitting around hoping the virus would go away and it could just be a normal football season. That's what it was. And, right. And, and maybe in March and April, I would have done the same thing because we, we just didn't understand yet how wide reaching and how long lasting this virus was going to be on all of us in terms of just everyday life, much less playing a, a collegiate contact sport. But now that we're, we're through summer, I feel like we've been pretty aware for the past eight weeks that this could be a lot longer than we originally thought. And so to me, the disappointing part is that these last eight weeks, there hasn't been a unified effort to figure this out. What do we need to do? How do we keep the players safe? How do we keep the players happy? How are we all getting on the same page? And that's what I hope 
that college basketball has seen happen. And I hope that college basketball is like, wait, they wasted all this time thinking things could just be normal. And now their whole season's postponed or potentially canceled. And so how do we work ahead now to not make that same mistake? So that's, I wrote about this on KSR a few days ago, but I think that the website, yeah, that's, that's a flex and a plug. Check it out. Um, <laughs> but I do think that college basketball needs to be prepared to have a plan like yesterday. Like there's no reason for them to try to wait until October and see if things are back to normal where we can have a normal full basketball season because that's just honestly not going to happen and, and that would be naive of them to act like that. So with that being said, do we think they're working on a plan for a college basketball bubble? Jack, you wrote an article about this. I know we talked about it a little bit. We talked about it a little bit last week, more of sort of like in a hypothetical in terms of like, would Lexington be a good fit or, or would they want to go to a different SEC town or whatever. But, but now I think this actually could be a real possibility, especially if they were able to pass like the NLI, you know, sort of regulations or whatever, because I, I don't think players are going to be able to agree to a situation like this without being able to profit in some way. But I do think a bubble for collegiate sports is possible if they start now. Like, well, they won't be able to get a bubble together in three weeks. It's and, just – you just can't. And that's why I have appreciated that the NCAA – through that March Madness Twitter account, uh, the NCAA Senior Vice President, Dan Gavitt, uh, he's of basketball specifically, um, he kind of – I think he had Mitch Barnhart on this past week. So, two weeks ago – he went on there and said, if there's basketball being played safely anywhere in the world, we will, be, we will find a way to co play college basketball. Pretty optimistic on his front. I was like, okay, well, sounds like they at least have something in their mind of a, a potential plan. And then there was – I believe it was John Rothstein put out the report that, that they're kind of sort of – considering what a bubble would look like that type of idea um and then like so we we had this show last wednesday we talked about it it's kind of a yeah i guess they'd have the facilities but it, i just don't think that's a possibility and then so i went on ksr and i kind of like i wrote two thousand words I, I it started as almost like a joke like okay there's no way this is going to work but this is how i would plan it in my head if this were to happen and by the time i got to the very end of it i was like this could work you'd sold yourself this, you were like i'm full of great ideas <laughs> this could work and and my i think you know outside of they have the facilities there's two hotels attached to i mean through a walkway and technically attached to rupp arena uh, on top of the just you know the joe craft center memorial coliseum there's basketball courts everywhere across campus but the biggest thing that the ncaa the very next week after i wrote this had this exact same time frame that it would be you know, mid-November, get on campus or wherever it is, Nashville, Atlanta, wherever they want it to, to be. They go quarantine from mid-November from mid uh, during, I think it would be, that's when they're starting the virtual learning before Thanksgiving. So they'd already be on virtual learning. So they don't need to be physically in a classroom at that point anyway. So you get there mid-November, quarantine till, you know, Thanksgiving. The weekend after Thanksgiving, you start some exhibition intra-conference intra play if you want. And then from there, you can play a, a full two-month season, I think like 18 conference games if you want to, and finish by the beginning of February. So they might – you know, might need to learn, you know, play more than two games a week or whatever the case is, but you could do a normal season the way that they've been doing Saturday, Tuesday games, like we see every single year with Kentucky during SEC play, they could play a full conference slate 
in two months. You could get in and out in two months, and then by the end of it, uh, you know, the NCAA on their end can be thinking of a, a, you know, an NCAA tournament bubble that they acknowledge it. I think Mark Emmert acknowledged that they're already in the process of thinking that. So you do a conference-only bubble and then an NCAA tournament bubble, and there you go. You have at least some sort of a college basketball season where you can crown a champion. I think that's that they need to have that contingency plan in place right now uh, if we want to, so we're not in this same boat that we are with college football. Well, there's, I think that's, that's the issue right there is you're, we're going to have to rely on a leadership committee that we've seen in the exact same entity, but in a different sport has completely failed. They didn't even try to, like once the NCAA canceled uh, college basketball back in March, that day they should have started to figure out how they would figure and plan. Cause to like, to Maggie's point, you know, when this all happened in March, not exactly many people understood that, you know, this is what was going to happen, but that was still out there. Those, this possibility right now was still a thing. It was still alive. And the fact that the people in the leadership positions flat out refused to acknowledge it. And even to, to this point, it almost seems like they're just now starting to understand the gravity of what's going on. So for, for, you know, it's easy as, you know, you set up an NCAA bubble and a conference bubble, but, can they do that? Are they willing to do that? And I think the other big issue is what you've, what we've talked about is that the kids are going to have to get paid if we're going to do them bubbles and the NCAA totally to this point, the NCAA has shown me zero uh, reason to believe that they will go forth with something like that. Even when rules are set to be in place a year from now, they don't like to put the, they don't, they won't bump up those rules. They don't even have rules like that set in place that they want to do. Eventually they, they don't want in any way or shape or form to admit that these kids are actual workers instead of amateurs and a bubble would admit that it would pretty much destroy their entire infrastructure of what they've built over the last 50. So establishing a bubble, the NCAA can do it because they have the money to do it. Um, but they're going to have to either a, a tell everyone that they've been hypocrites for the last however long, which who knows if they want to do that, or we're going to have to rely on the leadership that we have not seen prove themselves to be worthy of their position uh, take advantage of this situation and try and navigate through it somehow. And here's the other thing. If there's a men's college basketball bubble, there's going to have to be a women's college basketball bubble. Working so, in the WNBA. Yeah, I mean, we've seen that with the WNBA, but the WNBA also makes money. Women's basketball oh. at the collegiate level is not typically a revenue-generating sport. I mean, I'm sure there are some schools where maybe that's the case, but in, across the board, that's not true. Um, and so that's just another sacrifice the NCAA is going to have to buy in on if they're saying, okay, we can put this time and money and, and resources and effort and teamwork into establishing a bubble that's safe and, and reliable for, for the men's basketball programs across the country, you know, whether it's the conference one or, or March Madness one down the line. But are we willing and able to put that same time, effort, money, resources into the women's side as well? And, and again, to Zach's point, I don't know if we've seen that they are, but, but they would have to be. And I would, I would be willing to bet that there's not a women's college basketball season. And I think it's, there's, there's only cause they've canceled every sport besides football already for fall. So right off the bat, you've, you've made the point, you've clarified that football is the only money generator. It's the only thing worth playing. And even that. So college basketball, men's college basketball obviously brings in money, women's basketball, not as much. So it's going to come down to, if, if women's basketball doesn't bring, or if a bubble system wouldn't be viable for the NCAA to make money, they're not going to do it. And I honestly don't, I mean, I feel like even college basketball would be a little bit difficult to do that, you know, with 
college football, you got all the, I guess the TV rights and everything will make you some money, but with football, they're, they're definitely going to try and have fans, some sort of fans. Basketball is just not going to happen. It just seems really hard for something that wouldn't bring in that much money for them. Uh, even though the women's team deserves to play. And if they're the men's team, we're going to play the women's team should absolutely play. That's just not going to be the case with the NCAA because that's not how they treat these things. As you're talking, it's, starting to almost make more sense for the college, you know, women's college basketball, especially the SEC to play in Lexington. You know, you, you'd think of it like if they set up in Memorial and have the two Joe craft center courts and the Memorial Coliseum and the Rupp arena, you know, all, all the facilities, you know, I think that would be less of an argument. You know, right now I think the WNBA is playing at IMG Academy down in, down in Orlando, which is, I mean, it's, it's a high school prep. It's a prep, prep school academy i think that would be a pretty freaking sweet gig for for you know college but women's college basketball to play in the you know kentucky basketball facilities and all that and because i think there was some backlash whenever i posted that that uh you know possibility of doing it in lexington they're like well all the other schools would complain about the about it not being fair and all that stuff they'd want to be in nashville or atlanta you know a centralized location um but i'm just saying it, it makes way too much sense to not at least make an attempt at it if if you think you can make if the NCAA thinks they can make some bit of money especially at a place like you know Kentucky where you know all eyes would be on that that product you got to at least think about it at least try to to try to make that work but yeah I think I think the only way to make a, a college basketball season work at this point as as things are right now is to at least try the bubble plan but yeah. I agree. And there are a lot of questions, obviously, with, with what that would look like. But at least for the NBA, I mean, they figured it out. We've got, what, four weeks in a row now with, with 100% negative tests. And, and, Zach, you were skeptical at the beginning, just like you were, you know, still about college sports. But I think Adam Silver's going to come through. He's going to deliver. He's going to make Zach an optimist here. And um, how happy have you been with, with what we're seeing in the bubble down in Orlando? Well, it's definitely been a lot better than I think most people would have expected. And I think one of the tests you're going to start seeing now is we've had, so the playoffs or a bunch of teams got sent home yesterday. Um, like the Suns, like all the teams after their games were over and they figured out their fate, like the Suns, Pelicans, whoever else was down there, they all left. So if I had to guess, I'd say all those, they're already gone. Like the second they left, they showered and they got out of there. Yeah. Like, they had their bags packed already beforehand. It was, it was kind yeah. of so Now you're going to see outside family members and friends and stuff come in. And they're going to allow so many or like every player gets so many people that they get to bring in. So that's when a, that's going to be a huge uh, factor going forward just to because, you know, the NBA players, it's a lot easier to uh, patrol. But a bunch of additional people who aren't as, as uh, particularly under the same uh, pressure and scrutiny of it all, a little bit different uh, scenario. So we'll see how all that goes. And if they can continue to go through it like how they have been there's no reason that this shouldn't keep working. And, and I kind of want to point out that, you know, we've talking about uh, wearing masks like during the games and stuff like that. I don't think that's more a uh, more of an optics thing. I legitimately think that that is a preventative measure that they take, that they actively take like with Popovich and the older coaches actually wearing them sure. and, uh, uh, people behind the scenes there, like behind even the plexiglass and stuff, because you're having, because not everyone that's in that building necessarily is because you've got outside employees and stuff that come in and out. So there are very, very unlikely. And I would say for the most part, you know, 
the the intern from Disney who's you know cleaning the toilets is probably nowhere near Greg Popovich. But at the same time, I think it's that little bit of a preventative measure that's going into it. And yeah, it is an optics thing as well. But I definitely think that there is like they are leg- they are buying into all of this and they are enforcing it 100% every step of the way, and that's why it's working. Are we concerned about them letting in family members and these, you know, long-standing relationships, additional <laughs> people into the bubble? I mean, no, I, I'd be model. I wait to see who gets in the bubble, because I hope a few random people get in that we're like, what's he doing there? <laughs> well, that could be the, end of the bubble, so why, I'm, why? I'm very curious as well. Why can't, like, Jack Nicholson be, if he's, you know, best friends with – you, you know, I can't even think, you know, one of the coaching staff guys on with the, with the Lakers, why couldn't he get in? Why couldn't bring D Wade? He's friends that's, with him. That's what I'm saying. They're saying it has to be a long standing friendship. It didn't have to say wife, didn't have to say girlfriend, didn't have to say, you know, whatever the case is. It was just a long standing friend that well, Devin Booker's gone. Sorry. It doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. But I think when you, when it, when you look into the rules, I think they, they have to get to Orlando, stay for seven days outside of the bubble quarantine i think it's like seven straight negative tests or whatever it is they have to test daily then they get in quarantine by themselves for an additional an additional three days at four days and then that so they they won't even be able to see a playoff start monday or sunday sunday or monday well the playing around is saturday and there could be a second one sunday so i think it's monday monday so with, i i think so monday is the days are all up in my head 17th whatever it is we won't even be able to see – they won't even be able to see family members, friends, what you know, partners, whatever it is, till August 31st. So we're still talking a long, long way away uh, to, you know, negative tests, quarantine away from everybody. So I, it should – in an ideal world, it should work the same way that it did with the players. But Right. And all- I think it also works because it's they're, – they're keeping the number of people in the bubble about the same. I mean, these extra people aren't coming in until teams and all this team personnel with losing teams or teams that aren't qualified for the playoffs are leaving. So, I mean, I, I don't think the number of people is getting any bigger. In fact, it'll probably end up being a little bit smaller if, if people end up bringing just one or two people instead of they're allotted. Like I think the number was four, unless you have, you know, several children or something like that. So I think from a numbers perspective, it makes sense. We just, I hope it works because it's the bubble's been awesome. The games we've seen over the last couple of days, especially, have been amazing basketball games, and that's what I've been missing so much over the last couple of months. Are like truly awesome sporting events. Like I've bought in to like the Ocho and to bull riding, and I've watched some soccer games for the first time ever. I watched one hockey game. I tried baseball for like one full day, <laughs> but finally you gave it your all one day. Yeah, I I really tried this year. And so, but what I was really missing, obviously, was, was sports that we could all really dive into. And, and just, for, for me, obviously, it's football and basketball. And, and right now, we don't know if we're going to ever see football. But I'm really excited that we've got such high-level games and that everyone is taking this so seriously. Yeah. Yesterday was the first time I felt March Madness vibes. Yeah. Since I March. thought you were going to say genuine happiness. Oh, <laughs> No, we're, don't get that far. <laughs> we're still not there yet. <laughs> we're not close to there yet. The bubble's we're still, still inside. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's really it's been going great. I mean, I like kind of back to your point to the numbers thing. Um, yeah, all those people are going in. I think like the the numbers are doing so well, or they've established the bubble so well that they're even allowing the teams that are in there to bring in more coaches. I think they each get to bring in like an extra two coaches or a member of the staff or something like that. So. 
you know, they're doing they're doing their thing, and it helps that Devin Booker went 8-0 in the bubble, and, you know, I had all these reasons to root and cheer, and Keldon Johnson came out of nowhere and had a huge – so there was a bunch of reasons outside of just the fact that basketball were back for, for me to be excited, and, you know, these playoffs are going to be going, like, very, very interesting. Some of these first-round matchups are, like, conference final matchups, so it's going to be really fun. Zach, did you see right before we went on what uh, Shams broke, the news Shams broke? No. The Jim Boylan stuff or no, the uh, the, the Players Association thing? No, the uh, uh, what are the, the, the Delete Eight. The oh, del- yeah, yeah, delete yeah. Delete Eight bubble. We're going to get uh, the, the bottom tier bubble. I think that's starting in September, oh. right? Yeah. The last eight teams that didn't make it are going to get their own bubble in September. So bring on the horror. Oh, you get your calves. You get you get to watch your calves again. He's like they're not my calves. Does that make you happy? It's Kevin Porter Jr. and Darius Garland, but yeah, Other than that, you can it's miss more, me with that delete eight thing. It's more, yeah, I think it's well. I mean, on, to their yes, to their point, to their point, if the NBA season, the next NBA season gets pushed back or whatever, the teams that didn't, those eight teams wouldn't be able to compete for a full like calendar year yeah. or something. They right. haven't. They haven't done any full practices or you know full scrimmages or anything since march so you they, have to at least give them the bubble can work so if you've proven it can work might as well do it on a smaller scale it, it, it have to be a small you know obviously a small scale version of it and they wouldn't get the all the amenities that the winners got that you know the top 22 guys yeah. got but i think i think they at least have to come up with something to make sure that they don't have a full calendar year off i mean that i mean when you start to see right these, these weird injuries too have been popping up like the ben simmons thing like just mm-hmm. weird like you know tissue injuries where it's it's obvious that it's just you know these guys haven't played for so long and luckily right. we haven't seen nearly as many as i honestly thought we would but i thought same thing yeah we got so it we got to get understand that point you got to get you got to get these guys playing games and getting into some sort of shape they can't go really mean nothing just if it's a glorified practice it's, it's at least something yeah right I agree. So real quick before we wrap this up, do we want to do a quick round of pit and peaks? Yes, because I have a great one. Ooh, do you want to go first? Sure, absolutely. Okay, with it. So my – I always get, get mixed up whenever I'm thinking about it. But my peak, absolutely. Last night I went to a drive-in comedy show, and it was the coolest thing I've ever done in my life. It was phenomenal. It was in LaGrange, Kentucky, middle of nowhere. Um, I mean, LaGrange is – you know, well-known in Louisville, but it's where this drive-in theater was in the middle of nowhere. The line was backed up like miles. You got in, they lined, lined everybody up. The comedian is Burt Kreischer. He's the big fat guy with the big belly on Netflix. You've seen his, his face and his stomach several times. I'm, on sure. KSR. I'm sure. Oh, he has been on KSR as well. Plug. So, so he pulls his big old tour bus up in the back. They have a stage set up. And everybody's in their cars, you know, socially distant. They have a little big, they have a, you know, six foot pool noodle separating cars, you know, so it's a socially distant lot. And they, you know, he does his comic set up front on stage with a big old drive-in movie theater screen. So everybody in the, you know, parking lot can see him perform. It was amazing. There there was a concession stand. So it felt like a real drive-in movie theater. You could have you know, popcorn and candy. I snuck in bourbon, which it says you're not supposed to, but I had a great time personally. It was wow. amazing. I'm glad we're advocating for drinking and driving. That's really good. I did not. Uh, my, I was, it's not just me. I didn't go by myself. My wife drove. It was fantastic. She was sitting there laughing while I was drinking the night away. It was fantastic. 
Well, you were so excited about it. Unless you have a pit you really want to talk about, I kind of don't want to bring you down. Like, you seem so nope. happy. No right. pits. Well, no pits. nice. On that, on that note, you brought up Katie. And so I'm going to say my peak of the week is getting invited to your wedding celebration. Let's go. That would be a fun social outing. The first one I've had in, like, I don't know, years. <laughs> years. Uh, Zach, has, Zach has an open invitation, but he has yet to accept or deny said request. It's not looking good yeah. on, on the okay. Zach front. but Teetering. Totally understand. We also, on while we're on the topic, we do need to come up with a final count sometime soon. So uh, if we could get a, a final count in, in the near future. I'll, just... I'll send you my RSVP here shortly. Sounds good. Thank you. Appreciate Look it. Look at that. The Max being real friends. I love it. Zach, you got a pit or a peak? Yeah, and they're actually intertwined. So my peak is obviously, you know, more bubble stuff. Devin Booker and the Phoenix Suns went 8-0. They had less than a 0.1% chance to make the playoffs. They actually still didn't. But the fact they <laughs> even... Like, had, yeah. I also want to make the point, though, the fact that the Suns went 8-0 and still didn't make the playoffs is probably the best reason to say that they shouldn't have been there in the first place. Yeah. But that was awesome. Booker was almost my MVP until Damian Lillard did his thing the last three games. So I have Dame to... Dame time, baby. Dame time. Dame's MVP. Uh, Maggie's best friend. But Booker and the Suns, they proved that they are here to stay. Or right here. Uh, this guy. So I'm excited for them next year. I'm, I'm interested to see if it, if, uh, it was just kind of a bubble influence where you know they were the last four games or so they were playing teams that didn't exactly play their starters for the entire second half of the games so we'll see if they're really you know here to stay or and whatnot but i like the core of what i've seen in phoenix and that was definitely the peak the pit was they didn't make the playoffs so it was all kind of right. Did, although didn't they get pen, didn't they get penciled in as the number 10 draft pick isn't that the case because the pre yeah they still get the, well I'm not sure actually how that. How I, that thought, I thought sure I read the standings with the with the draft. With no, the, draft. the NBA locked the pre the pre bubble standings as for the non lottery for the lottery teams. I think whatever uh, it was. There's something they, with the Celtics and the Memphis pick I saw because it was yes. still fluctuating. Yeah, because yeah, I, I don't remember what the exact case was, but I but I read somewhere that it was like no matter what the you know the Suns could yeah, lose lottery pick. The Suns could miss out on the playoffs and still get the number ten overall pick in the draft. And I think yeah. if you're gonna if you're gonna make a splashy you know bubble appearance with you know eight eight and zero kind of Devin Booker's superstar breakout. I mean we yeah. the Twitter I, the Twitter account phenomenal. Yeah, people so actually got to see him. They had their best stretch of basketball in the last decade, and their reward is a lottery pick. That's not bad, I guess. Bad. Not horrible. Not horrible. Bad. This, well, this been another fun day for us. I think it's we need to wrap it up. At least I have to go. If you all have anything else you want to say, you can uh, stay on here and keep chatting, I guess. But I think I'm going to call it. It's been a good day of the Max. Anyone else have anything they want to add? We're good, baby. We're good. All right. Next time, Jack, we expect you to be back to repping the brand. I mean, you honestly really let the twins down today. Bullying works. Never. Not, yeah. Right. I, mean, I wear a different KSR you know, ensemble. Mm, okay. Make you feel better. That's something exciting. That's yep. something to look forward to. Thank you so much for that. <laughs> Have a good one, everybody.